Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors podcast sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Okay. Hey, welcome to the podcast today. This month, the theme is going to be, well, it's going to be good. You think it's going to be good, Michael? Uh, are you Okay. Um, so I was excited about last month, but when you texted me and said, hey, this is what I want to talk about in February. Uh, I was as <laughs> giddy as uh, I was on Christmas morning. It, I am so excited. Well, good. Yeah. So this month, the subject matter is preaching styles. So like the pros and the cons, the, um, the positive things, maybe the dangerous things, depending on uh, how people form their sermons and how they come out in the end. So what we've tried to do is, or what I tried to do in case this goes really bad virally, I don't want to, uh, put his name on it. I, I came up with this. So, Oh, I don't um, care. I'll take it. I'll take anything. Yeah. That comes so with it. <laughs> if, if it works out really well, we can share it, you know, it's fine. Uh, so I, I tried to couple people who I would at least classify kind of similar in their speaking styles and, and, uh, probably even in their theology, some of them, but um, so the first, we're going to do Stephen Furtick and Mike Todd today. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, we're going to do next week is the one I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be completely honest and say that next week, the lineup are, are perhaps my favorite two speakers alive today. Uh, Matt Chandler and Jeff Vanderstelt. I can, I can definitely co-sign. I didn't know about Jeff, guys. If yeah. you haven't heard, we'll just plug it ahead of time. If you haven't heard about Jeff, you need to go. I didn't know about Jeff until Rob told me about Jeff and my head almost exploded the first two times I listened to his <laughs> sermons because of how good they were. So, yeah. Uh, so the week three is going to be John Piper and RC Sproul. And then week four, we're just going to talk about us because we're really conceited. Yes. And well, and really, if we're honest, we're better than all of those guys. Well, sure. Yeah. Based on, based on views on the internet alone. <laughs> I mean, no. So with the last week will just be, you know, good things. How, how can we grow the things that we've maybe kind of final thoughts and takeaways, uh, that sort of thing. So that's this month. Okay. Sound like fun, Michael. Oh yes. And, and, and okay. And with this, let's just preface, uh, we'll probably say this a number of times. We, I personally am going to try to stay away from um i don't know if bad mouthing is the word um I, i'm gonna try to be as positive as i can <laughs> in, in looking at all these guys um because to be in to be frank uh we've listened to a bunch of sermons i will include them in the descriptions and the show notes so you guys know which sermons we're talking about specifically just to give a reference point there are things we can learn from these guys all of them and there's not some great things that we can learn i'm going to try to pull out the stuff that i don't like from the, from the last couple episodes. I don't know. It's going to be harder. So I'm going to have to work just as hard at being positive here as I'm going to be as being critical in the next couple of shows. So anyway. Yes. That's going to be difficult. <laughs> so I, I, um, when I, so when I originally came up with this, I didn't have like specific sermons or anything like that in mind. Mm -hmm. It was just uh, guys, right? And, and it came to my mind because there was um, 
there was a video on YouTube that I watched. Uh, I think we talked about it, maybe not on air last time, but uh, of the, what is the, the name of the two people who, these two guys who talked about Stephen Furtick. Oh and, yeah. It was the church, church strategy guys. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a YouTube um, channel. I'm not sure, man. We should really give them a shout out. They're really good stuff. Uh, but anyway, so th these two guys were, um, talking about Stephen Furtick, his speaking style. And what they do is they take, uh, his sermons and they break them down and, uh, kind of tell you what his roadmap is kind of for his sermon, uh, and kind of how it's, um, put together the hey, pieces that, that build it. Those guys are called pro church, tools. pro church tools. That's right. Pro church. I had to tools. Google that. Yeah. Brady Shearer, I think is the guy's yeah, name. That was, the main yeah, guy. that's yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So go check them out. They have a lot of good stuff on there. So I watched that, that, uh, episode, which is like an hour and something long. It's long yeah. And yeah. And they talked through Stephen Furtick and, um, it actually was the first time that I, had thought like this is maybe confession time. It's the first time that I'd thought about him from a completely kind of objective point of view of just his speaking style yeah. in and of itself. It's probably right? one of the only videos on the internet that's a positive yeah. about Stephen Furtick's preaching. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I personally really enjoyed it because it, it they, they on purpose broke down um, his, uh, the aspects of each of his sermons, like the pathway, if you will, right? The introduction, uh, body, or whatever you want to call it, right? Introduction, explanation, application. They, they took whatever his kind of style was and broke it down into bite-sized pieces and then uh, told it to the audience. And um, I think the reason that I wanted to talk about these two guys is because they're one of two guys, they're one of a million guys who... Um, I, uh, very much so would not be a part of their church, right? I, like fair, I wouldn't agree fair, with yeah. them theologically, <laughs> that's fair. but you cannot argue with how good they are at preach at speaking, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're excellent communicators. And so for me, I kind of wanted to look at them specifically and see maybe what are some things that that are good about, about mm -hmm. how they speak and their techniques and what they're doing. And, um, and then we can talk about some dangerous things too, which honestly, if I'm being real was, was worrisome. easier, easier for me to fill in those blanks than the, the others. But, um, but there are some good things about both of them. So we're going to start with, uh, with negatives or positives. Um, I think we should start with positives. That's what Paul did. Right. Okay. And then we'll, then yeah, we'll, go with yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll so get to we'll get to you foolish Galatians. Just <laughs> Okay. All right. So you you um I mean nobody saw this before because we didn't push record yet, but um you got some notes. So I got I got my I got notes in my head. I don't <laughs> have them necessarily in front of me. Um which I should have done, but I was listening to these at work. So uh do you want to go first or you want me to go first on the positives? Why don't you go first? I've got a couple of things right right off the top okay. of my head but i've been talking a lot go ahead all right it's cool it's cool um so the positives so it's undeniable that when i watch these sermons and like when you pull that when you text me and you say hey these are the guys we want to talk about i was like all right i gotta have 
I had just gotten done watching like 12 verdict sermons for a meme I was making. So I was like, I got verdict on Locke. I know his style. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I had had to watch quite a few um, other t- types of sermons in order to get that out of my head. It's just far as how he preaches. And all the people in the audience constantly going, oh, yeah, that's good. Amen. Preach it. Listen, listen. So I had to get something else. Um, but and that accent, too. That's, oh they, that's exactly goodness. how they say there it. Was, there was one I was listening to, yeah. and this is just me nitpicking, but there's this girl in almost every single one of them that you can hear going, that's so good, like every time he says something. <laughs> and I'm just like, do you guys mic her? Is it? She's got to have a mic on. There's no way. It's like. Like one of those NFL things, like when they mic the player and you can hear what they're saying throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they do that. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. We need to mic some people at church is what we need to do. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so the positives, because that was a little negative one. I'm sorry. I'm starting off bad. So the positives are you can't deny that millions of people hear these guys. So obviously, if they're not good communicators, millions of people are not going to listen to them. Right. Uh I, I fancy myself a decent communicator, but not millions of people are listening to me. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's the platform they have, obviously, but that platform hasn't just been built out of nowhere. Like, they've built it over time with people wanting to hear what they say. And the way they craft their, their, their sermons or their messages or whatever you want to call them, um, they, they keep you, like, you don't lose interest. There's not a point where you don't lose interest, which I think is why it's so easy for people, maybe myself included, to pick apart their sermons because you are, you are listening to them so closely. I mean, as far as just how they intro it with stories, they, both of these guys are like, and my sermon title for today is, and it ties into the story they just opened with. Um, And so the way they, they tell the stories and put the stuff into the sermon um, are very attention grabbing. Like you're, you're not bored in any sense that you're not, you're listening the whole time. You are captivated uh, by what they're saying. Um, not only the beginning, but like Stephen Furtick in particular, Mike Todd does this a little bit, but I'm sure you probably noticed when you listen to Stephen Furtick, like his style is at least twice, probably three times during the sermon. He's going to peek you out with like excitement and people clapping and him getting really worked up. Then he'll bring you back down. And he'll mm-hmm. do that two or three times. Uh, yeah. Usually, depending on the sermon, the third time's at the very end. The band's coming back. Like, the people are, like, he knows how to communicate. And so does Mike Todd. Mike Todd is very similar. In fact, uh, I'm almost positive I read somewhere on Mike Todd's feed that, like, Stephen Furtick is one of his mentors. So, obviously, mm-hmm. he's going to operate the same way. But, like, they're very attuned to. Jesus is my mentor. <laughs> they're very attuned to. <laughs> their audience like they know exact they know exactly like where that emotional level is and if they're not and i mean i'm sure you picked this up too like if they don't feel like their audience is with them especially furtick he'll be like are you am i preaching today by myself is anybody gonna help me preach and like he'll work them up you know what we'll save this for next week but i actually after after watching these guys on purpose for this podcast i I um, caught Matt Chandler did that actually in the sermon, which Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. It was, it was, it was cool. It was kind of neat because I didn't, I'd never picked it up before, but I I heard him do it. So I heard him do it, but here's the thing in that particular (laughs) sermon, that's the first time I've ever heard him do that. And I listen to a (laughs) lot of Chandler 
I, it's the first time. And I listened and I was like, hold on a second. What? No, this has got to be the first time. This is, there, there's no way he, and I don't think, I mean, maybe <laughs> I'm wrong, but I, I picked that up too. And I was like, <laughs> next time I preach, I'm going to be like, are y'all helping me today? <laughs> but he, they, they do like, they, they are very attuned and here's the, and this is the positive I don't think this is a negative. They're very attuned to their audience. And if their audience is not with them, they make efforts to bring them along. Yeah. Yeah. It's intentional. Yeah, for sure. So, and uh, again, I mean, uh, we'll talk about this here a little bit, maybe when we get to the negatives, I mean, there could be a, a downside to that too, or a negative side to that, but like, there's one thing that's a positive, like an overarching positive is that they know how to grab the attention of the people they're talking to. Um, and if they lose that attention or feel like they're losing that attention, they will quickly, like there's almost built in triggers, like in their message to bring them back around in case they have lost somebody. Um, and that's, I, again, that, that's very overarching, but that's what I found in their messages that, that in every sermon, Stephen Furtick sermon I've ever heard, that is a standard like that. That's going to happen every single time. Like it's a method. It's a methodology he has built into how he yeah. speaks. Um, so now again, that only I've seen him in like smaller settings in videos too. And he doesn't do that in smaller settings. It seems like that's a more of a, a big auditorium type of thing he does. Um, but again, I guess he's aware enough to know where it works and where it doesn't work. So I'd be, I am super interested to hear what yours are though. <laughs> Well, uh, you you can drop your interest. It's really not. It's really not a whole lot <laughs> different than what. Bar. Yeah, it's it's not a whole lot different than what you said. Honestly, I think, um, I think, a lot of people who preach can take notes from these two guys and others like them when it comes to knowing your audience, right? Which any is any public speaking thing. That's yeah. that's an important part of it. You any public speak high school public speaking class will teach you that, right? It's a pretty basic thing but I think it's a basic thing that people um so uh spoiler alert right like when we get to like RC Sproul and and uh some uh Piper and and people like this uh, there's there's no getting away from the fact that uh like where they hold scripture right yeah mm -hmm. like it's definitely what drives everything about what they're saying no matter what um, and I think some of us can get so caught up in that, that we never think about who are we actually talking to? How do I, how do I need to phrase this in such a way that they're going to understand what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Now, for the record, I don't think those guys are bad at that because their audience is clearly much different than like a Furtick or, uh, Mike Todd or whoever. But mm -hmm. if you notice even Mike Todd, um, so I don't know if you knew this or not, but the pro church tools guys, they did one of these on Mike Todd recently oh, as well. One. Yeah. yeah it, it's, one. it's pretty new. So, um, but I didn't know the history behind Mike Todd and some of, uh, so his audience is mostly African American and he's in, uh, I think Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tulsa, yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a little town, right? So it's, Mike Todd is um, preaching to a specific audience, the audience that is in his church. And you can tell, right? Um, nothing racist about what I'm talking about right now. It's just he communicates 
um, on purpose yeah, to yeah, the people in way. those chairs, mm -hmm. you know, and um, Furtick does the same thing. They, they both are excellent at knowing who they're talking to and intentionally talking to those people. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, when, like, if you're a pastor of one church, like here, that's kind of my role. So when I preach, it's to the same people, right? I know those people. I know them personally. Uh, for the most part, I mean, obviously, if you, you're a church of 5,000 or something, that's not a thing. But but you know your church. You know the struggles. You know the big things, the little things. Um, and so you know that audience really well. If you're a, a traveling a guy who just does, mm -hmm. then you're, that'd be you're me. still going to know. Yeah, you're still going to know your audience, right? You have to go in to each one of the times that you speak, each speaking engagement. Um knowing or having a picture at least in your mind of who that audience is mm -hmm. right and i think well, these two guys really nail it i think the difference uh i think especially with their churches so you're talking about them being like really really big in churches like that um from from the guys i know that operate churches not of that size but of larger sizes um the pastor obviously you're not going to be able to communicate with you're not going to be able to know people on a personal level like you talked about with the smaller church but you do have um, uh, people, pastors that are specifically for small groups or congregational care or things like that. And you're going to draw on those guys to kind of have the pulse of the church. Um, so you yeah. can preach to those matters. Now, uh, if you look at when they preach, uh, when they preach at conferences, because I've seen a couple of the conference sermons as well, uh, they do, uh, their, their, their method is the same, uh, but obviously they're not going to get in. They do much broader topics, right? Um, and that's, um, you, you kind of have to adjust to that, especially with me speaking. So I've used, I've preached the same sermon in three different places <laughs> and I can tell you, uh, what it in my church, when it was preached, I preached it in a particular way. Uh, when I preached it at a, a, a church that I was guest speaking at, I had to preach it in a particular way. And then I used that same sermon, but I had to break it down a little bit differently when I presented it in the jail ministry, because obviously different circumstances and different settings kind of you have to you you have to rework that based on who you're talking to um and like you said i think and that's what we're going to get into here in a minute where the difference is not necessarily like the the, the bad stuff isn't methodology it's not methodology and how you present it right because like you said i mean todd is speaking to a particular set of people and you can you can hear it when he preaches like the the accents he uses or the stories he uses. Like, I mean, those come through in who he's talking to. Uh, same thing with Furtick. Um, same thing with us. There's lots of times, or maybe not on this podcast, but when we're talking, we talk in an accent like this, because that's what we're used to. <laughs> like that's, those are the people like, you know, Hicks or whatever that we're around. Uh, yeah. But that's, you know, they, they adjust their methodology, methodology uh, to that. Whereas um, I think, and this is where maybe the negative will come in the, the content and how you bring that forth through that methodology is really kind of my, what my issue would be with both of them. So it's not the methodology. It's the, how they're presenting, not how they're presenting the content as far as how it's explained, if that makes sense. Does that make sense at all? Yep. Yeah. I think, I think the, um, one of the things that, that came to my mind very 
shortly into uh, the research, if you want to call it that. <laughs> there you go. Yes, Watching, it makes it sound so much better when you say research. Right, yeah. When we were first researching for this endeavor, um, and we were watching YouTube videos of people talking. Um, when, you lost it didn't me at take the end me, there. It sounded so much better at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, bro. Um, so if things, if things spike downward, that's my bad. Um, but when uh, it didn't take me very long into this whole thing to go, okay, well, we need to probably define at least a little bit what's the purpose of preaching, right? And because I think... Um, that it's a safe assumption to say that um, R.C. Sproul, the late R.C. Sproul, John Piper, uh, these guys have a different reason in mind for why they're there, um, what they're trying to accomplish, than um, Furtick, Mike Todd, others mm-hmm. like them. So, um I think we need to, why do we preach? What's the point of preaching? What's the end game? What are we trying to accomplish? Right? Yeah. So, well, I I think, I'm sorry, real quick to jump in. I I think the difference that we need to look at. So if you guys have ever watched the elephant room, I don't know if you have, but I would definitely recommend you going and kind of looking at that, but there's a specific uh, discussion they have in the elephant room about basically this topic. So there's two ways that people present sermons essentially. So you're either, using it to build up the body through discipleship and teaching, or you are using it for uh, maybe evangelical methods as far as bringing people to Christ. Um, Now, you can do both in the same sermon. Um, It's just like a hard juggle almost there. Like it's it's not like, so for example, we'll talk about this when we talk about these other guys later on um, as far as, uh, well, the next two episodes. But there's always like a gospel presentation as far as come to Jesus in that. Uh, but it's always very heavy in a lot of people, especially the people I listen to. I would, I, I can't speak for you, but I would say probably the people you listen to uh, are that way too, where it's much more discipleship, building up the body. This is what it looks like to be as a Christian. Uh, whereas in the early years of Ferdict and Todd, I don't know if I could even argue now so much, but I definitely in the early years, they were very evangelical in their methods as far as come to Jesus, be saved. This, you know, this is what it looks like. Now, again, they probably wouldn't use words like repentance or sin, but I mean, it would always be like your mistakes or your mess ups or things like that. Now, mm-hmm. now, uh, the way that Todd and Ferdict have really morphed and a lot of these guys that do it now morphed into more of a, a general blanket statement of here's the issue in your life. Here's the Bible. And if you, you know, depending on whatever the situation is, your finances or your marriage or whatever, uh, because of this situation in the Bible, uh, if you do the same things or believe the same ways or operate in the same ways, then these things, you know, will be fixed as well. Um, now, again, the issue I have with that is that it's a very general statement. Uh, the statements of the Bible apply to those that follow God, that are his children, that are pursuing after him in a lot of, in a lot of manners. Um, and they're presenting them to their wider audience, which, I mean, I'm going to presume a majority of which are not Christians, um, and kind of saying these things, you can have these things too, if you follow God and using that very generalized statement. Now I'll preface all of that with an asterisk that says, I have no idea what they talk about in their small groups, 
uh, or the things that they provide to people in their church. I know Elevation is like especially is really big on bringing people into what they call e-groups, which is like their small groups. So maybe after somebody's there, they talk a little bit more about Jesus and about sin and about repentance and about following Jesus and what that looks like. I don't know though. I'm going off only what I see online, which I would argue is what 99.9% of people are hearing. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction to make because like we, we talked about this uh, being something that we needed to share while we were talking about this specifically for, for me, we need to share this for the first week when we're talking about Furtick and, and Mike Todd, like to me, I have, I have a lot uh, of issues with um, how they do things, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think we phrased it in the uh, kind of notes back and forth that um, <clears throat> we want to make sure that we're not judging someone's actual heart on sound bites, which is essentially what you get. Like if you, um, if you look at all of the uh, propaganda kind of stuff on YouTube or wherever it might be, and you, you look up these two guys and you get like little bitty short clips of a sermon. Well, you know, at like, like in politics or church stuff or anything else in life for that matter, if you take one part of a phrase or a sentence or part of a sermon and uh, throw it up, you can make anybody sound like whatever heretic you want them to make the sound. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's important for us to, to say things like you were just saying, like that we, we can't, I don't know Stephen Furtick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know Todd White. I've never met them. I don't know where their heart is at. I don't know you mean Mike Todd? any of that stuff. Yeah, my bad. What did I say? You said Todd White. I don't know who Todd White is. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's probably, you're better off there. Um, that's a whole other subject, but Oh, is he the charismatic guy? Yeah, yeah. The dreadlocks. Okay, no, I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my bad. No, you're good. The, definitely not the same guy. Um, white dreadlocks, brother from Tulsa. No, totally different. Totally different. Um, but uh, it's important for us, I think, to say um, I, I don't know them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's, it's super easy um, to hear things that maybe I don't agree with theologically and go, Oh, well that guy's a heretic or that guy's crazy. And that's certainly not what, what we're saying. So yeah, it's just what, about their speaking. I think that's, that's a good point. So here's the thing. And this is what I tell people a lot when I get DMS or I make a meme about verdict. I don't think I've ever made one about Mike Todd, but here's the thing I'm not saying, and I don't think you would say that. Well, I know you wouldn't say this, but I'm not saying that they are heretics or that they don't love Jesus or that they're not good Christians. Um, the issue, when we look at their preaching, and that, that's what these these next episodes this month are about, is that it's not about um, is somebody doing it the right way or the wrong way as far as methodology. Because like we said at the beginning, I could learn a lot about how to keep people's attention. during. Now, I, again, I've, I've never noticed while I'm preaching that people are falling asleep. I've never noticed that. But it would be a good thing for every pastor to know, okay, know my audience have things built into the sermon to bring their interest back around. You know, it's nothing bad necessarily with emotional highs and lows because the Bible has those as well. Those are all good. But I think when you listen to a sermon, mine, anybody else, right? Ferdy, Todd, any of these guys, you have to listen to the content of it. So yes, their presentation is very, very engaging. But for example, one of the sermons I listened to of both of these guys 
they both these were both Christmas sermons, by the way. Just and you'll if you click I think on most the of most of them were yeah that we looked at yeah yeah yep. which was nice because at least that gives us a base because a lot of them use similar yep. texts. But both of these guys, for example, and again, maybe it's their it is it is the way they're looking at the the scripture, but. They take. They both took the story of Mary and Joseph and made Joseph some random, like a guy that would question if you know if Mary cheated on him or something. When the Bible doesn't ever even indicate that. Like you could say that they butchered it. I, I think that's fair. I, I would say they butchered it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I mean, again, I can see where for a second you could be like, well, maybe he thought he did because of the verse where he said he was going to divorce her quietly. I mean, but you're reading so much into that when there's so much more text there to preach on than that um and both of them took a good five almost 10 minutes in some cases of like drawing that out for simply comedic effect um Mm -hmm. that you have to look at it and say okay well what what purpose did that serve in the sermon even if you're doing it for uh an evangelical uh you know bring people to jesus sort of message what good did that serve in that um, when, if you are, and I'm going to give you the benefit of the, of the doubt, if you're putting people in e-groups to teach them about Jesus and how to read the Bible and how to study the Bible, if you're doing that, why are you starting them off on such a weird way of understanding the Bible? So when I, if you're going to actually teach me how to read the Bible, like in a correct exegetical you know, narrative sort of way, why are you starting me off with, well, Joseph was side-eyeing people his whole life because he wasn't like, that's just, I don't know. So I think it's safe to say, I think that they don't exegete the text very well. I think that, um, so here's the negatives. Okay, here, here I'll give you the four positives. Yeah, four okay, negatives. The, the positives are over. Now let's do the negatives. Okay, so yeah, because we're kind of running out of time, but I'll, I'll end with this. I want, okay. I'm going to do the four positives and the four negatives but I'll do the negatives first so we can end on a high note. We'll we'll do a sweeping up. So the negatives are this. Um, They don't exegete the text correctly. I do not think anybody can argue that. Like you're going to do gymnastics to argue that. Uh, Two, they are in a lot of cases in their bad exegetical work, uh, making biblical narratives about us. Again, it's not bad to apply things and say this is similar, this or, these are things that are very similar. But in almost every case, uh, these sermons are included in that. They're saying, if you do this, then this happens as well, uh, which is not always the case. Not the case, um, yeah. Three, um, they are using in some regards, and this is a slippery slope, I understand this, but in some regards, they're using emotion to specifically – now, I don't know if they're doing this intentionally, but this is definitely what's happening to manipulate you into a, into a frenzy. So if you're not excited, then you're obviously not on board with what God's doing sort of thing. So if you're not raising your hands and repeating, then you're not on board. And yeah. four, and this is the most dangerous one, I think, is that they're making people that don't know Jesus, that have not been regenerated, are not followers of Christ, think that they're right with God. Um, I saw that a couple times in the sermons that they gave, where it was like, everybody in this place, raise your hand. And it was just kind of like, ah, and it wasn't a raise your hand to accept Jesus. It was a raise your hand if you're, you know, feeling blessed or something. Um, so those are the negatives. So there's that. Now we're going to go on the sweeping high note. (laughs) So one, they keep people engaged Two, they know their audience better than some small church pastors do. 
Um, and three, they, they have resources and platforms that they know how to utilize. So I think even small churches could take a lot to learn from how to use Instagram or Facebook or just YouTube, even on a smaller level. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last one, because I'm, uh, my mind went blank here. Um, they both, they both are snappy dressers. I, that wasn't really the one. I don't know. I don't forget the last one. But we'll yeah, use that. They're, they're very pretty. They're pretty. I think. Yeah. I am yeah, jealous I, I, as a disclosure. <laughs> that's completely, I'm jealous of Furtick's muscles. I really am, but I can't work yeah. out. So he, he is, he's very pretty for sure. <laughs> um, no, I, I, for kind of my final thoughts and recap, I had that to kind of, uh, talk again about the fact that they're um they're just they really are excellent communicators they they know who their audience is they um may actually be some of the best actual communicators as far as knowledge of how to speak in public and and the things to look for and the things to do they might be some of the best that we talk about this week yeah you know um, throughout the whole month like they're very good at what they do with public speaking the negative for me is that i don't think they're very good at preaching which is different in case you didn't know (laughs) which is different yeah i think that um really some of the dangers I, i think when i when i think of preaching i think esv when i see them preach it's the message right like it's a paraphrase it's like um, we're communicating maybe biblical ideas rather than the biblical text and its message. Yeah. Um, and that's an important distinction too. Like you can read a lot into that in the biblical yeah. message if you're not going back and anchored in the text. Yeah. And what he made, um, Todd, for instance, and in, in the little part that you were talking about uh, specifically uh, when he was talking about Joseph um, well, they both did it, Furtick and Todd. Uh, when they, they both did it, when they talked about Joseph uh, looking over his shoulder or wondering, oh, did she cheat on me or whatever, right? He, what that de- did instantly is probably send the message to anyone out there who's worried about that kind of thing. The point became you can identify with Joseph. You're not the only one. Even though the whole text is about the incarnation of the Son of the Living God, right? Like it's a little bigger than that. Um, but it, it 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 kind of dumbs it down. It makes it um, waters it down and makes the sermon not actually be about what the text was about. If you're not careful, um, so I really agree completely with you, right? In the sense that they're. Well, of course um, you do. I mean, yeah, that's that's why we're here. So, in fact, next time, it's just going to be one of us talking back and forth. Um, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're the same. <laughs> yeah, to give us a break. But, uh, yeah, so um, I think we should always be, as uh, speakers, preachers, uh, striving to be better at communicating and um, taking notes, even from uh, people that we – we don't see eye to eye with and that we can, we even struggle with a little bit because they, they all do good things, you know? So, yeah. And that's what I would encourage. That's what I I would encourage anybody to do, especially if you're a pastor, right. Or if you're uh, any, if you're in any ministry where you speak in the church at all, you should, whether you agree with, so there's going to be people that probably listen to this 
that really like Ferdy Quintan and don't like people like what we're going to talk about, like Sproul or uh, Matt Chandler. Uh, but here's the thing. No matter if you like somebody or not, as far as, like I said, obviously, I think we've made it quite clear that their content, we don't agree with their content. But you better believe I listen to Ferdick sermons every so often, or I every so often listen to a Michael Todd sermon. For the, uh, for the fact that the way they preach is beneficial for me to learn from, and in the same regard, so that I know how to communicate to people who do listen to those types of sermons. Because when they come, when I preach a sermon, for example, on the same text, I need to be able to say, well, you guys may have heard it said like this and presented in this manner. And this is the, the, you know, that's one way to look at it, but this is what the Bible says. Now, again, not to discredit them. I wouldn't call their names out when I'm doing that, but to listen so you can learn from them, but also know just all the different styles there are. Because there's going to be yeah. people that attend. I've, I've said this before when I preach, when there's people at my church. I know there's people that I've preached to that sit in the pews of the church I go to that have that do listen to Ferdick or Todd or people like them because they see them on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to address that type of preaching. So you, I mean, just so you're knowledgeable of it, so you can speak to it. So, you know, well, not to belabor the point, but just so that you know how to communicate to people that are so used to doing that. So, yep. All right, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say one more quick thing that at, like when I, when, um, so you, you know, this from, uh, many moons ago that, uh, I basketball was a big deal for me for a long time. And I remember, um, looking at guys like none of you youngsters watching are going to know what I'm talking about, but guys like Larry bird, Michael Ooh. Jordan, the, the big names when we yeah. were growing up, we were growing right, up in basketball and growing up in Indiana, Larry bird was a big name, but, um, when you, uh, practice when you play your game or whatever you're learning how to how to do it you're taking things from bird you're taking things from jordan you're taking little things from all of these people who you may or may not look up to but who are really good at this or that or the other thing and and then that's really what helps you begin to form who you are as a basketball player preaching is no different and um, it's good to even watch people you disagree with completely maybe even theologically that you disagree with uh you wouldn't see eye to eye um, it's still good for you to watch them some and uh, take little things that will work for you. And, and that's really what forms you as a preacher and a speaker. Yep. yep. Good point. All right. So next time we are going to be talking, I mean, you're going to have to say the names because I cannot say just last name to save my life. Who are we talking to you on the, about on the next podcast? Next week, we are talking about behind their backs, <laughs> Matt Chandler and Jeff Vanderstelt. There you go. All right, guys. So hopefully you'll tune into that. Again, those are totally different types of speakers than uh, Mike Todd and uh, Stephen Furtick. Hopefully you found this helpful. Go ahead and leave a like, review, things like that. Even if it says, I love those guys and you guys are horrible and you suck. That's fine. I'll take that too. So <laughs> I'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, see you later.